Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you all. I want to share a phrase with you from Scripture. I might say that last week's webinar, I think I've had more response from you than on any other webinar. It seemed to have hit a part of our life uh, spirit and, and, and ministered to so many of you. And I want to pick up the same idea this week from a slightly different angle. And so in Psalm number 25, Psalm number 25, and let me read just a few verses here and there, but take note of them. He begins by saying, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Okay? And he goes on in the same... um, ideas and uh, of waiting trusting and then in verse 14 the secret of the lord is with those who fear him or worship him he will show them his covenant my eyes are ever toward the lord for he shall pluck my feet out of the net okay this psalm if we had a couple of hours We could look at the many verses of the psalm, and you would see immediately that it is a psalm that was written in a day of trouble. He speaks there of enemies that are pressuring him. He's in the middle of a hostile crowd. And so the idea of trouble that that is pressuring upon him, of enemies, of threats, and underneath all of that, for it comes up more than once, is Satan the accuser. He's not mentioned by name, but David is being reminded of what you might say old sins, sins of his youth, sins that were dealt with. Psalm 51, what was his dealing with, calling upon God for his loving kindness, forgiveness, it was done, and he's shouting for joy in such psalms. But, but it, it seems to be just the, the accuser dragging up the past and, uh, and telling him, have you forgotten what you did, and so on. And the psalm then, that's the foundation, you could say, of what's happening. The psalm now is David's response to that. How's David going to handle that? And that's where I come back and say that the psalm lifts out of um, its historical moment and it comes right into our lives that when we are being pressured, when the darkness is, you can almost taste it, and when uh, events and situations, challenges, they, they threaten us, and we feel our smallness, and we, we feel anxiety and fear. How, how do we handle that? And when the accuser, Satan, comes and we, we hear his whispers in the dark, the whispers that sound so religious, so right, as they drag up the past, well, what do we do with all of that? I, I say... Uh, this psalm is David's response in the middle of that situation. And he writes that first verse, which is the, the that's it, the first verse. Uh, it says, 
Unto you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. There, there it is. You, you could say that that is the, the, what? I hesitate to say the word secret, as if it's a hidden thing. But uh, should I say key? It, it is something that we have to learn, that in the middle of when life is crashing in on us from all angles, it is the time to lift up our soul to the Lord and to do so in such a fashion that it becomes our normal, that we live in that mode of lifting up to the Lord. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, let me point out, this is not a passive statement. You know, David is saying... I lift up my soul to the Lord. He, he is taking an action, and there's great intention. It's a very deliberate action. I lift up my soul to the Lord, by which I mean he wasn't waiting for something to happen. Some people can, can drift for weeks or even months in a state of a darkness and despair, just sort of waiting for a divine strike of lightning when somehow it will be okay. Or maybe they will drift into some meeting where they expect that if some mighty man of God can lay hands on them, something, something will sort of happen. No, flush all that down the toilet. doesn't work. You see... This is David who has received a revelation of God for who he is and received a revelation of his covenant promise and he makes a deliberate response to that. I will lift up my soul to the Lord. Could I underscore it begins with God's action. God chose to reveal himself to us. He is so incredible, we could never invent him. You see, all the gods of humans are invented by humans. They, they invent these gods that are the best their minds can imagine and uh, reveal more about themselves than about the God they allege is the true God. The only true God had to reveal himself to us because we could never come up with such a God. His love is beyond our imagination. His goodness baffles us. And so... First of all comes the revelation. First of all, God says, this is who I am, this is what I promised, this is what I've done. And, and we, we have such revelation of him. To that we respond, we're second. He's always first. And now we respond because in that revelation, when God shows you something of himself, faith is given. Have you noticed that? When you see with heart eyes the love of God, you find faith rises to believe that. And, and, and so here he, God reveals himself. The Lord initiates by revealing himself. And we, and in this case David, responds to that. Okay, that's very important because I don't want you to get the idea that this is some sort of work of the flesh whereby now I'm going to thrust myself into the presence of God. No, we are responding to his beckoning revelation of himself. Okay, he said, I lift up my soul we could spend a lot of time on this and I'm absolutely not going to go even there. Just let me say, soul. <clears throat> huh. 
See, lots of people believe that you have a body that is a sort of, well, I've heard people call it an earth suit, as if it's, it's this dead thing that you just put on, can't wait to get rid of it. And when we fly off into heaven where we don't need an earth suit and, and the, the thing inside of us is called soul, this invisible something. Well, as I say, I'm not going to go there except to say this. Soul in the Bible encompasses all of you. And incidentally, you are going to have your body unto the eternal ages because God's into the body that he made when he breathes into Adam the breath of life it was his it was the pinnacle of creation that he he had created the, this body of mud and yet it was a body filled with the glory of God uh, and, and your your body expresses your invisible it isn't you've got this invisible something inside of this clod of a body. No, what's happening inside of you is always being reflected in your body. I mean, when you're embarrassed, your body turns red. When you surrender, you put up your hands. Um, you see what I mean? Um, as we said last week, when you're in despair and hopelessness, your body hunches over, your head goes down. And when you feel that you've got life by the tail, your body goes up and your head goes up. You, you, don't, don't, please. This soul is this invisible floating blob inside of you. No, the Bible says when, when God breathed into that heap of mud that he had fashioned, it says the, the human being became a living soul. It was the body and, and this incredible inner invisible self that was expressed in every cell of the body became a living soul. And when they went down to Egypt, just to give an example of how they talked, in the end of Genesis it says that 70 souls went into Egypt. That doesn't mean there were 70 ghostly blobs of invisible stuff. No, it means that their bodies filled with an invisible person, being, went into Egypt. You are a living... So when it's a soul, it encompasses. It encompasses all that you're doing. It encompasses the situation you find yourself in, which is the sort of circle of your world and, and, and your senses, how it appears to you and your feelings about it and your thoughts that race about it and the decisions that are made. It's your, your life, your, your very being, your soul. Uh, I can't emphasize this enough. I'm talking here. Um, your soul would... You can't talk about your soul without talking about your entire life because it's that interaction and, and, and all that's happening inside of you because of where you are, what you're doing, the people you're with. Includes all your reactions, however they be. It's you. I, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm calling you soul. That's who you are. And now David said he lifts up his soul. What does that mean? Well, it's so simple. It's uh, Look, I take, I'm lifting up my Bible. That's the meaning of the word. It means to pick something up and lift it up. And the idea is to lift it up, to transport it to another place. So I pick up my Bible and I put it over here. And that, that's the idea. You, you lift up, you pick it up to put it into another place. Okay, simple as that is. Hold it in mind. It, it gets very interesting. And, and let me say again, because this is so important, it's an act of will. When I just now 
picked up or lifted up my Bible and placed it in another place. It wasn't that my hand just happened to be drifting by and the Bible got in the way and... No. If I lift it up, it's an act of will. I reach out, I take a hold of it and I put it, you see. It's, it's, it's intentional. You understand? You don't drift into it. You don't... I don't sit here saying, well, I hope that Bible gets over there sometime today. No, it's intentional. I reach out and I take it and I do it. It's deliberate. David is saying, hear me, David is saying that he takes his very being, his his self, his soul, and all that's going on that is interacting all that appears and all that is perceived to be he takes this this his soul and he lifts it deliberately intentionally into the consciousness of the presence of god into the fellowship of the holy trinity father and son and holy spirit or to put it this way he lifts it out of all of the thoughts, words, decisions of what the Bible calls the flesh, which is mankind operating as if there is no God, as if he's the center of the universe and has to handle his life totally in and of himself. And all those thoughts is what destroy you, that those thoughts plunge you into darkness, hopelessness, shame, fear, anxiety. And in that darkness, where we believe the lie that we're in the middle and we're responsible for all decisions in life and it's all up to me and this whole mess I'm in, I'm in the center of this web. And in that darkness, inside that web, is Satan's whispering voice, accusing, putting you down. You're no good. David went straight out of that into the realization of the love of God, the goodness of God, the loving kindness of God, his faithfulness, his wisdom. Straight out. As as a key word, lift, he comes straight up straight up into the presence of God the conscious presence of God now this Old Testament phrase lift up which you'll see in a minute it, it's all over the place in the, New Te- in the Old Testament but it all points to and anticipates the ultimate lifting up hear me what David was doing and the revelation that he was responding to found its final and absolute expression in the New Testament, in Jesus. Jesus used this expression to describe his death and resurrection. Did he not say, "I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And that doesn't, uh, yes, he was lifted up on the cross, but essentially he was lifted up out of death, out of the tomb, lifted up, lifted out, and ascended into the very presence of God the Father and took us with him. There there has been, in, in the last, I suppose, few weeks, I have had the misfortune of having to interact with legalism a bit more than usual. And I tell you how it has so totally, utterly missed the gospel. And I I know that some of you, and I've read your emails, and I know some of you, you're confused by what I say because... This is all you've known, this legalism that, that deals with after death. I, I was down in San Antonio, and those of you listening in San Antonio, I'm sure you've seen it. There's signs around the town. 
and great big signs must have cost a fortune uh, and they're in black and white and, and they sort of snarl at you and, and there are all these nasty messages allegedly I suppose sharing the gospel um, and, and one of them is it's snarling down it says after death you meet God Bam. take that home and think about it oh, precious little thought well you see if, have you been raised on that how, how terrible how utterly terrible that you think that's the gospel and so now you've got to get right with this wretched God who's going to snarl at you the minute you die no you see, he is now, forget after death, he's now in this micro moment. He's got his arms around you. He's loving you now. And, and therefore, lifting up into his presence finds its ultimate declaration in Jesus. Jesus is God. You understand, Jesus is God the Son sent as the fullest expression of the intention of God the Father and the Holy Spirit who is the intention of the power and the presence of God among us and so he comes to reveal the Father and he, he takes to himself our body he became soul and he will never shuck it off he carried our physical body now glorified beyond death but a real body that could eat and drink and laugh and sit around a campfire he carried that body into the heart of the holy trinity and he says you're coming with me this is where you belong and so the idea is he put his arms around us if you like and he, he entered into our death our hopelessness our deepest darkness tasted depression in its very origins met with Satan and he overcame and crushed the head of the serpent Satan and he threw off the powers of darkness and he declared the forgiveness of God and, and rose out of death which means death died and Jesus then ascended which doesn't mean go on a giddy ride up beyond Venus it means he walked into the other half of the universe but I say again as human carrying us with him and sat down at the right hand of the father which means as close to the father one with the father and he carried you God became flesh that we in union with him might dwell and participate in the divine nature live in the divine love walk in the divine light laugh worship adore the father dance with the son and all in the celebratory love dance of the holy spirit that that's that's now you say that's what that's christianity that's the good news and the bible says that's lifting jesus said i'll if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men with me, you see. Do you know that's who you are? You were included in that. You were carried. So you see, you are a person of two worlds. I wish I could say this slowly and watch it suffuse your mind. You as you sit and listen to me right now I, I announce to you the truth that you are a person of two worlds you you have this what connection through the five senses and your five senses report to you the physical world they report to you what people are saying they report to you what's going on around you the things we call situations the things we call events 
challenges, opportunities, they all come, data collection, it, it comes in, and, and what things look like, what they appear to be, that's who you are. And, and that, that's that, that mass of thoughts and feelings, emotions that goes on within you, and then the, the weighing of matters and decisions by what you see, uh, yes, but at the same time, you see, you are included into Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are created to live in two worlds at once. And the heavenly world, the world of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, which has been given to you through Jesus, and now made real in you by the Holy Spirit, that rules over the physical, material five senses. Yeah. And that world of five senses, and as I said, the Bible calls flesh, if it's looked upon as the beginning and end of everything, if, if you think that the whole of life is wrapped up in your nerve endings and in your brain roads and thoughts and, and actions, if that's it, if it's all here in your flesh, have you noticed it's a universal, we talk, if, if this is it, if, 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 if this is the beginning and end of meaning and purpose, if, if your concept of God is that he's a million miles away, he's out there somewhere, or if you're with those silly legalistic posters, you're going to wait to die and then you'll meet God. Uh, no, that's the flesh. And it's a universal that we talk of the results of that as down. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I've ever heard it in the U.S., but in those who listen in the U.K., you you know that we often would say, "I feel down today." It, it if I feel down, it means there's something not right. Um, a person that's always nagging you, a person that is always sucking the life out of you, you might say that person gets me down, down. It's got in it the ideas of, of darkness. It's got in it the ideas of despair and depression. It's these enemies of Psalm 25. That they're always getting at you. How, whatever form they come in and the the, the dark snarls of Satan in the darkness that accuses you and you're no good and you've made a mess of life and you're going nowhere. It, it, it comes and pushes you down and you feel crushed and you feel you're, in other words, we're drowning in life. We're going down. It's got in it all the elements of hopeless of no way out of here. We love to use the word impossible in those days, uh, meaninglessness. Those words, of course, have no place whatsoever in the life of a Christian. But it happens. We get distracted. And it can happen so quickly, it's ridiculous. I mean, somebody can say something to you. I mean, it, it took them less than a minute to say it, but it, it sent you spinning. You know what I mean? They, they said it to you, and you feel waves of unworthiness and waves of I'm not good enough. Come, all, all just, and, and sometimes just that little word that was said that was like a knife in, inside of you, it kept you in the darkness, brought you to the edge of depression for days, brought this heaviness, drags you down. Huh. It, it's, I'd say it's universal. We understand there's this idea of down. Not that there's spatial in such worlds, but it gives the idea. So when he says, I lift up, it means I, I take myself out of this. And that other universal up. 
it's got the idea of joyousness up it's light on the face it's peace in the heart it's hope got meaning and purpose I'm I'm up it's and I say again that all of this both the down and the up is is shown in the body where you walk um, shape of your face there are there are people I suppose when you get to around 40 you've etched your own face and all the bitterness and meanness and hopelessness it's all there in your face as well as all the joy the shape of your wrinkles it, it shows whether down or up because it's we're, we're one you see one um, th- th- this this is so important to understand that we as believers we momentarily the word that was spoken the headline of a news item an email we read a phone call we had you know and it can we're suddenly we're plunged we're distracted we suddenly forget who we are the the amount of enemies that appear on our screen are overwhelming and we lose all memory of hope and meaning and presence we find ourselves uh, mesmerized by by the flesh and the darkness we focus on the event we focus on the words David says I lift up my soul here's all my enemies I lift up my soul I be with intention in your presence O Lord my soul I lift up to you to thee O Lord to you it's not just cheer up it's not look on the bright side no it is looking through the resurrection of Jesus and the power of the spirit I be in the immediate presence of Father and Son and Holy Spirit the presence of joy the presence of peace the presence of light a light in which Satan cannot be I find in him my refuge. I become invisible to the powers of darkness. This is the natural. This is the normal for the believer. To live from the presence of God. To live his love. So that I live, yet not I. It's Christ who lives in me because I live from that invisible half of the universe I live inside of the presence of God but I live it here in the midst of the darkness you see legalism would say in such darkness well you've got to try you've got to try that's their favorite word try I'm trying to love I'm trying to forgive I'm I'm trying to have joy. I really am trying to be at peace. Oh, no, that's not the gospel. That's your flesh as if somewhere here you can manufacture joy and, and make God proud of you. No, this joy is... It's God's joy. It's God's love. And He's in us and we live His life. And so to lift up is to be connected. It is to participate in the life of God. It's to partake of God's very love. To partake of the wisdom that I need in this moment. David took personal action. Read that psalm. There's plenty of thoughts buzzing in his head. A bedlam. As I often say, it's like zoo at feeding time. The baying and roaring and everything with the animals. My head's full of it. But David took a action. I say he didn't drift into it. He deliberately, intentionally lifted up his soul into the presence of God. Why can he do that? Because that's who he is. That's where he belongs. That's the truth. That's where he has been taken by Jesus. And that's the news. 
that you were in Jesus and carried into the presence of the Father. Now David, suddenly overwhelmed by the darkness, takes his very self and lifts it into the presence of God. I say this is very intentional. You, you, you are hearing what they are saying. You're hearing what Satan's anonymous whisper inside so that you think it's your own thoughts. Hear what that's saying. And, and what your five senses are presenting as perceived reality. Intentionally, you ignore all of that and be who you are where you belong in Christ, in the presence of the Father. Happens in a microsecond, but it is intentional. Look, there's another, this expression is used many ways in the scripture. Here's another one. It says, lift up your voice. Remember reading that? Lift up voice. Well, to lift up the voice means to give a formal message uh, it means I insist on being heard as opposed to being overheard. You follow me? If you lift up your voice, it means you stamp your foot, you're saying, listen to me, and you lift up your voice so that everybody can hear. It's very intentional. It isn't that you're having a conversation in Starbucks and someone overhears you. No, this is standing up and saying, quiet, I've got something to do. Right? That's intentional. Well, same phrase, lift up your soul. It means stop everything and I'm in the presence of God. It isn't you drift there. It isn't that the man of God happens by your door and blows on you or something. No, this is very deliberate that you do. Deliberate you. Um, well, even within our own Western world, we would talk about lifting the flag. You remember when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard. It's taking the flag and putting it down. And when you do that, if you're a soldier, military, you know what I mean. You, you place the flag. It means we're here to stay. We're here to stay. We've the flag is our announced intention. We're not just stopping by for a coffee. We're, we've come to stay. It's, do you understand what I mean? To lift up the heart is a very deliberate, intentional action. We're not saying, I wish I could feel God. It is, I be in the presence of God. Um, and I say this is a moving as I move that Bible so I move then from the darkness and from the whispers and the noise of the events and situation and the fears and the anxieties I move my very self and I move out of this world of sense five senses out of this world where I feel I've got to find the strength somewhere and I move into, into, from, to, this dimension of the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the truth as opposed to perceptions, the wisdom, the strength, and being present to the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. <laughs> I... I I'm just thinking, how can I say this any better? That we, we is there. That is, I don't debate it, I don't pray, I don't um, talk to myself about it, I don't evaluate myself to see my worthiness. I just recognize all that Jesus is, all that Jesus has done, and that's where I am in the presence of God. And I suppose I could say the feelings that associate with that is it's almost illegal. I'm supposed to be afraid. I'm supposed to be anxious in what's going on around me. I, I'm supposed to be depressed. I'm supposed... It's illegal to begin to 
joy in the Lord. It's illegal to have not a care in the world. That's not right with what's going on. I'm supposed to worry. No, I've eased out of that. And I've eased into who I truly am. The, the fullness of the good news of what Jesus has truly done. I, I continue to read other verses, and I can only just make reference, but David parallels this lifting up his soul to the Lord. He parallels it to the word wait. Those who wait. We've talked about this before. Waiting, which is a big word in the Bible, wait on the Lord. It's got nothing to do with our word wait. You know, you you sit in a doctor's office or something like that and, and you're waiting and you're waiting. You're waiting for someone to come and say your appointment's now. Uh, you come in, you wait. You know that uh, no one's saying anything and someone moves and the whole chair creaks around the room and it just accents the fact nothing's happening. We're just standing here, sitting here, waiting. Wait, that's not, no, 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 no. That's got nothing to do with the Bible word wait. Nor is it standing in line in the grocery store just waiting for that person who can't stop talking to the cashier. No, that's not it. The word waiting is a very active word. Maybe a better word would be expect, anticipate. But the Hebrew word is very picturesque. And it means, and let me give you a few words, it means to plait. You know, like you take uh, your, your little girl's hair and, and you plait it into a tail. That's the exact meaning of this word, that you're taking strands and making them into one. As, as if Father and Son and Holy Spirit and you are plaited together. Okay, got that? And so with that same idea in mind, it, it means to twist together. And so it's solid and firm. Do you, do you understand? You've twisted something and you've twisted it together so that it, it's got maybe three, four strands, but now they've become one. So another word that might be used is entwine together. It, it, another one would be wrap together. So those who wait, as David said, this parallel to I'll lift up my soul, he uses the word wait it means I'm getting all twisted in you. That is, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I've seen the revelation of who you are, and now I twist my life into you. I plait my life so that you are part of my life, and my life is part of you, and we're wrapped together. So for me to be in this situation is for you to be here. Wait on the Lord. And we don't wait for that to happen. David said, I am waiting, you see, I'm waiting. That is, I'm lifting up my soul. I am ignoring what's happening around me and I am seeing you as you have revealed yourself to us and I'm wrapping you into my life. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for your love here. Thank you for your wisdom here. Thank you for your strength. In the middle of this situation, I am wrapped in the presence of God. That's how I talk about it, you see. That's how it truly is. And of course, the expression that I, I'm, I realize I bring this up almost every week, it, it's a major phrase of the book of Psalms, the Lord is my and fill in the blank. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shield. And so on. I, I have seen more people enter into the rest of God through this phrase than any other phrase that I, I've mentioned. The Lord. The Lord in His fullness. The Lord in the revelation of who He truly is. The Lord in terms of what he's promised, the Lord in what he has done in Jesus, the Lord is 
See, that's it. Is. I lift up my soul. I is. It isn't that I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm not promising that if you do this, I'll do that. I'm not saying I'll read through the whole Bible in the next year if you... No. Is. Just as you is, you is. Wrapped in the presence of God. The Lord is my. So all that he is, is now entwined with me and it's mine. It's mine, but it's he. We is. This is who you are. This is a Christian. Tragically, this is who you are, but you may be ignorant. No one's ever shown you the gospel. They've kept you in wickedness. They've kept you in the fear of rejection, the fear of what happens after death, and they've never told you. They've they have kept it the most guarded secret of the glorious life that is now yours through Jesus. In Christ, you're a person, I say again, of two dimensions. Jesus said, I just throw this out, Jesus said, summing up this gospel, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And what did the legalist do? He gave it to the funeral director. Some stuff. Jesus goes off to heaven to build a house for her. Come on. Where did... Jesus said that in John chapter 14. Where did Jesus go from John chapter 14? He went to chapter 18, which was the cross and the tomb, and the resurrection, and the ascension. Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, rose from the dead, and ascended. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, a place? A little house in stone? No, a place inside the very heart of God. A place that where I am, there you may be also. And they call that Christianity. That's the good news. That's who you are. That's where you're meant to live. I am the vine. You are the branches. There's no separation. You try and find where the branch begins and the vine ends. No, it's one. You are one. That's where you belong. That's who you is. And if you didn't get it by the illustration, Jesus immediately said, Abide, live. Unpack your furniture, abide, live in me, and I live, abide in you. He spoke of this day in which we live, in all those same verses, chapter 14, this one's verse 20. And he said, in that day, that's the day we're living in now, the day of the Holy Spirit. He said, in that day you shall know that I, Jesus, am in the Father, in the Father, and that I am in you, and you are in me, and he's in the Father, so that means you in him are in the Father. I mean we're talking, I say again, no separation. No separation. In Colossians, Paul says, if you then be risen with Christ. That's not saying, I wonder if you are. It's if, it means since you are. Since you are risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. That is, don't get all sucked down into the things of earth and appearance and lies and satanic whispers and flesh beliefs, ancestor thinking. Deliberately, intentionally set your mind on things above. Another expression Paul always used, we are seated in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Well, this is, this is new covenant normal. I mean this. Living the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is goodness, is kindness, is gentleness. It's normal. I know You've been taught it's for some elite who read through the Bible 200 times. 
No, it's it's for Jack who works in the mechanic shop. This is normal. This is how we live. This is how we face our circumstance. We don't get stuck there. We don't focus on it. We don't obsess on what was said. We lift up our soul to be who we truly are. We focus, we direct everything right there. I say again, it's our normal, it is our natural in Christ. It's not something that happens once or twice a year like the like I had a call from one place, they said, we'd like you to come and preach on the spring revival. I, I, I said, I'm not into revivals. I wouldn't know really what to say to that. I'm not into revivals. And the poor chap was, he didn't know what I was talking about. I said, I'm into vivals. Uh, that really threw him. You see, a vival, we say revival. Well, re means do it again. No, the Christian is not doing it again. He lives there. Vive. It's a Latin word for life. Vival. I'm, I'm alive. I, I don't get re-lived. I don't keep dropping back into the grave and they get me out every spring and fall. No, we live there. In him we live and move and have our being. That's our normal see so it's not event we don't have these events the, these red letter days this has happened and then we zoom down again to the next event this is so normal it doesn't sound spiritual see when you're working on the job filled with the Holy Spirit you're, you're not dancing and singing and raising your hand you're working but you're working with the sense that I am inside the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and I'm sharing this with the holy them. And I'm receiving of their wisdom where I need it. Most often I'm receiving and exercising love and forgiveness to the many around me that would be hostile. And when I'm being tempted, and you know what it is, when thoughts are raging through your head, and in some cases, cold sweat running down your back, what are you going to do? Sit down and argue with the devil? Debate and say, now, you see, this is, no, I don't do this. I, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, come on, that's no... No, as, as the temptation rages, demanding that you engage, you don't. You is. You lift up your soul. And you be in the presence of God who is light. And the temptation cannot live in the glory of God. And it. Please hear me. If I could reach through this camera, I think I would tonight. It's we, we we don't you see so that person who said something to you and think about what you did. It, it it's we go on an endless conversation with that person inside our head, and and we we present ourselves as a victim and we say to that person, you you what you said to me and. and do you ever think of how much you hurt me and I'm a hurt person now and, and we present ourselves to ourselves in our thoughts as this wretched victim of what they said how could they say that how could you say that what I'm saying is drop the conversation and is into the presence of God and wallow in his love, bathe in his peace, dance in his joy. That's what crucifying the flesh means. I, I lift up my soul into your presence. I don't rehash what's happening. You know how it goes? Around and around, like a misery go round. And, and it can be very short, just around and around. Every five minutes it goes around and you rehash and rehash. This happened, that happened, the other happened. 
and he said this and she said that and and Satan keeps injecting and you're no good and you're worthless and see how you handled that let it don't answer don't rehash just I is in the presence of God I is in his love and with him in his <sighs> well and, and don't evaluate yourself in, inside your head don't, don't say well why is this happening to me I'm such a good chap you know or if I'm in some areas of religion maybe do I have enough faith do I have enough faith there must be sin in my life for all this to be happening no stop all that nonsense just is I am I'm your child I'm your dear child your beloved child and I'm standing in your love and I'm surrounded with your wisdom and I know that even at this moment all things are working together in your great tapestry of good and so I use that expression right back there in the beginning I said we go straight up you see I don't stop to talk along the way I don't discuss the situation with the situation I don't set up my enemies in my head and, and start talking to them I don't answer the devil that's the business of Jesus not me I is I go straight up not spatially but into the presence where is only light where anxiety is not where there's only peace where depression and darkness and despair is not for there only is the joy of the Lord where confusion and frustration is not because there is only the wisdom of God and there I rest even though I don't understand what's going on I rest in the presence I is I go straight into that presence and yet my feet are still on the ground and I'm still here and I'm still in the situation but I'm walking in it in this peace I, I was about to say that weird peace I mean the Bible says it passes human comprehension so that means I don't have a file to put it in I can't explain it it passes human comprehension and it is uh, you know what I'm talking about some of you it, it's I use the term illegal because that's sometimes how it feels that I'm, I'm not supposed to have this I mean after what's going on after what's being said or in the midst of it all I, I'm at peace in fact I mean I hate to admit this but I have joy and that's absolutely illegal in this situation and even in days of tragic loss in, in days where you feel I've lost everything sorrow is okay don't let anyone tell you that if you were a spirit-filled Christian you wouldn't feel sorrow no the Bible speaks of sorrow the Bible speaks of weeping but how there's triumph in your tears your sorrow is real but it's not a hopeless sorrow it's it's not a rage filled sorrow it is a genuine sorrow but down at your foundation you know that he has you and the loss and your future he's holding you and holding you tight and he's giving you strength weep yes weep but not as others who have no hope and so carry your sorrow into the presence of God and sorrow there with him and he'll hold you while you sorrow and he may say words of strength to you or he may just let you know he's with you do you follow me this is the gospel this is the gospel this is our normal our new normal in Christ I, I hope 
this makes sense when I discovered this years ago it it did it changed my whole life days of temptation or trial I would engage within my own head I would engage with Satan I would engage with people I would engage with the situation argue and, and try and prove I'm right or play the victim All right. I mean the whole gamut of and all you get out of it is a headache and then I I came on this uh, and it was centered in that phrase the Lord is my change my life forever to realize right in the middle just when they're hurling their words and the darkness is and I is the Lord is is in this micro moment he is my and to realize I find myself in that other spatial word I'm above the situation is still happening and my feet are still down there but I is in the presence and now I am walking in that world but I'm walking from the very presence of God and I'm carrying that presence into the darkness and the darkness has lost its power over me and I'm walking in peace when everybody says you ought to be anxious and I'm walking in joy when everyone says you should be in despair for me to live is Christ and now the blessing of God he who is love may he bless you Father and Son and Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding that you may have no experience or revelation of his love his promise his action in Jesus and you shall be taught of the Holy Spirit to lift up your soul and live in the is of all he is to you so I bless you now that is the way it is